praise God. Please, are you here? <laughs> so, that means what the soul needs, the most important thing the soul needs is life. <laughs> that the life of God in our spirit will flow through our will, our mind. That your, can you imagine your emotions being the emotions of Christ? Your will being the will of Christ, your mind, the mind of Christ. That means all your entire being is, is just revealing ex, and exp, expressing Christ. <laughs> Praise God. All right. So let, let's now go back to our subject. Jesus Christ, He is the image of the invisible God. Glory. He is the image of the invisible God. And let me show you who this man is. The man Jesus. You know, the Bible says he's the image of the invisible God. Image of the invisible God. The word is icon. He is God's exact representation. But there's something more. There's something deeper. He's God's exact representation. Adam was God's exact representation. But he was supposed to have the uncreated life to express God. That life he was supposed to have was actually Christ. Because that life is Christ. Now the life himself has manifested. That's Christ himself. It's the, the differences. Now there's another word for image that we can find in Hebrews 1 verse 3 that says that who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power now who being the image of his the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person yeah. if our gospel be, be healed it is hid to them not from them to them that are lost in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not lest the glorious light of the gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine upon them so Christ is the image of God in Hebrews 1 3 he's, he's not just the image the express image we call that the character the character is, is the word character just that in the Greek is K it's not C the character do you know the express he's the express image of God the character the word means the impress of his substance that he Christ is the impress of God's substance it's like a rubber stamp when you have a rubber stamp okay and you take it and you stamp a surface let's say a paper what happens they say what is on the stamp is what is produced here you understand so Jesus is the impress of God's substance that means that the very stamp of who God is is who Jesus is so in effect Jesus is who God is <laughs> Jesus is who God is thank you Jesus now so this is a higher image this is a high image. Praise God. This is a climax of God's image. 
end. Understand this. He is the image of the invisible God. That means if you want to know who God is in terms of a man, turn your eyes and look at Jesus. Because he is the exact, he is the, he is who God is. He is the very stamp of who God is. Amazing. Yet he is a man. Yet he is God. So when the Lord Jesus Christ came, listen, man never knew God in his full expression because God had not been revealed and brought out. Of course, his characteristics had been revealed, but his full person was not. And that's why in John 1.18, the Bible says that no man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son of God who is in the bosom of the Father has declared him. And the word declared, exegiomai, where we get the word exegesis. How many of you have heard of the word exegesis? exegesis. It's, it's a Bible study term. Bible study term where the text is fully explained from the original language. Every word is fully explained from the original language. So exegesis it means to lead out something behind the curtain and the, thing is, the curtain is taken away and brought out of the curtain so that the invisibility is brought to visibility. So Jesus is the exegesis of God. Jesus is the, the explanation of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So remember one day there was a leper who saw Jesus in Matthew chapter 8 from verse 2. And when he saw Jesus, he said, he came to Jesus and said, oh, if thou wilt, that can make me clean. If you will. Now, why did the leper say that? He, he, if you will, you can make me clean. The leper never doubted Jesus' power to make him clean. But he doubted Jesus' willingness to make him clean. That's why he said, if you will. He never said, whether, asked whether he, if you are able. No. The problem was not his ability. He knew he is able. But the question he was asking is whether he is willing. Now, I want to show you how God's image is expressed here. <laughs> whether he is willing. Because it took boldness to come to Jesus. I'm sure Jesus walked towards him. And as a leper, you know, he was quarantined. He was isolated for a long time and when you get close to people you have to be shouting unclean unclean everyone disperses before you can pass by what a life <laughs> but I, that is why when jesus jesus said i will you know what jesus did jesus, jesus never just didn't just pronounce him clean he touched him the guy had never felt a touch for many years because he, under the law he dared not touch a leper he become unclean we were forbidden to touch a leper. He were unclean. The first thing Jesus did was to give him the warmth of love. That he made him clean. Jesus said, I will. That shows us God's heart. I will. Instantly, he was made whole. Brethren, Jesus is the will of God in action. <laughs> that is the image of God expressed. <laughs> Some of you think God is not willing to heal. 
if God is not willing to heal, then how come the Bible says that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about healing all that were oppressed, not of God, oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. How come he was healing all those who were oppressed of the devil and sickness is an oppression of the devil? And when the woman was bowed down 18 years, who was a daughter of Abraham, Jesus said, daughter, be loosed from your infirmity. He said, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, Satan had bound him 18 years. Jesus is the will of God in action. He said, I will. Many are doubting. Men have no problem with God's ability. They know God can do all things. But they are wondering whether God is willing. So is God really willing? I know, like, with men, let me tell you something. With men, that's how we are. You meet people who are willing, but they are not able. Then you meet others who are able, but they are not willing. You need money for your fees. You know this, your uncle is able. But you've said everything you can say in this life. But the guy is simply not willing. Then you meet someone who is so loving, the person just is so willing, the person which he can, he can just do everything to help you. But the person is not able. Which is better? <laughs> You go to the hospital, you know the doctor can help you. You know he has the ability, but he's sitting down there, unconcerned, especially, especially some of the nurses, unconcerned, no desire, you know. I wonder how they pass their nurse, their, their nursing exam. And some of the nurses, if you look at their face, there's no desire. <laughs> you can just know that this nurse is in the wrong place. He should be selling somewhere in the marketplace, but he's just there. Not willing. The doctor is not willing. But the case is, the person is in pain. But you know he has the ability. So there are those who are able, but they are not willing. But that, that's not how God is. By Jesus walking the earth, we saw him, that God is willing. God is willing. There is no man who came to Jesus and Jesus said, Oh, please go and come tomorrow. Did he ever say that? Please go and come tomorrow. Most of the times, it's either the, the unbelief of the preacher or the unbelief of the one who is sick. One of them. <laughs> but God cannot be blamed because his way. Of course, healing is not always instant. Most of the times, they are progressive. But people don't want to use the divine method for healing. Ah, the Bible says they are life to those who find them and medicine to every part of their body. That's the Hebrew. So, when you go to the hospital, they give you an antibiotics. They say for one month. You take it breakfast, lunch, and supper. But why don't you take a scripture on healing after breakfast another verse on healing at lunch another verse on healing at supper and why don't you do try it for the next two weeks that is how to those who find it that means you have to know how to receive the medicine he's offering so people just want something magical to happen a preacher should walk and lay hands on them and it happens it's not like that <laughs> Brethren, he is willing. Hallelujah. That, that's the image of God expressed. And Jesus wept. 
Did he weep because he was? Why did he weep? Weeping is not an expression of weakness. Some people say men don't weep. Is it true? Weeping can be a sign of strength, actually. Expressing emotion doesn't make you less a man. Actually, not, not expressing emotion can actually make you less a man. Praise God. Someone, I asked a friend, I've never heard you telling your, your wife you love him. He said, oh, but 10 years ago when I married her, I told her I love her and that continues till now. Because I feel some way. How can I just be telling her I love her? No, it's some way. It's not weakness. It's strength. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus wept. Weeping is powerful. One man said, weeping is the external distillation of the heartbreak of God. Charles Pagan said, weeping is the eloquence of sorrow. Weeping is liquid prayers. Because there are some things you want to tell God. You have no way to... It's, it is... They are unutterable gushings of the heart. There are no words to express the deep emotion you are feeling. You just have to be... Hmm. Hmm. Thank God the Bible says he collects all our tears in his bottle, in a bottle. <laughs> Hallelujah. And whenever you are praying and you shed tears, the angels pick the tears in the bottle. It's in the Bible and they go to heaven. There are books. They pour the tears in, in books and the books are filled with words. David said, Thou tellest all my wanderings. Put down my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? <laughs> so I mean, when I'm worshiping in tears, is coming. I don't stop it. I just weep and weep. I love by the way, if I always praying that I sometimes our eyes are dried because our hearts are dried. Because you need to express emotion in worship and in your intimacy with God. You need to express emotion. How can you just tell your beloved or your wife, I love you? It must show. It must show. You express love to the Father. <laughs> and Jesus wept. Why? Because of what death had done to humanity. Death had plagued the human race. Death, the old enemy. Death, the king of terrors. He wept because man was not created to die. He saw what death has done to human race. He just wept, oh death. He wasn't weeping because he was afraid, because he could do nothing. No, he had come to destroy the power of death. Jesus wept. And now you can see God's desire, God's emotions, what God feels about death. People say, God, the Lord take it away, the Lord give it, and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Does the Lord take away? Read the scripture. In Job, it wasn't the Lord who took away. It was Satan. God gave and Satan took away. And Jesus said, I restored that which I took not away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hmm. if there is something Satan has succeeded in his ministry <laughs> you know what he has succeeded he has succeeded in misrepresenting God to men that's what he has done I heard a preaching from Bill Johnson he said one day he was preaching telling the people God is good Convincing them that God is good. He said, all of a sudden, he heard a voice behind him. 
thank you for telling them that I am good. And I came to tell you God is good. I wish I can hear a voice. God is good. <laughs> God is good. Look, the Bible says that we have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Who cannot be touched? Hebrews 4 15. Who cannot be touched with the feelings? Touched with the feelings is the word sum pathos. Sum pathos. The word sum is the word together. Pathos is the word for suffering. Sum pathos. Get the word sympathy. Sum is together. Pathos is suffering. You know what it means? Sometimes eh, when you are in challenge, a challenge or trouble, someone says, Brother, don't worry. I understand what you are going through. But you know the guy has no idea what you are going through. It's just like he has nothing to say. You know, sometimes when you have nothing to say, you go like, oh, you tap the brother and say, oh, I understand what you are going through. But do you really understand? Have you been through what he's going through? <laughs> but you see, when it comes to God, Jesus, he doesn't only understand what you are going through. The word is sum pathos. That means to suffer together. What it means is that what you are going through, he's suffering, <laughs> he's sharing your suffering with you. That's amazing. And that's who God is. Some people think that you are going through pain and God is far-fetched, distanced, unconcerned. He's just ready to like with a long stick to hit your head for some wrong they have done. And God is, brethren, where did you learn that from God? <laughs> yeah. Even in the Old Testament, Lamentation 3, 33, the Bible says God does not afflict willingly. He doesn't afflict with a willing heart. It's like, but discipline your son, but you love your son. But it's like, you have to do it for the son, your son to be corrected. You understand? But behind every action is love. And Jesus demonstrated. God will never condemn. Did Jesus ever condemn the woman at, at, the, at the well? Did he condemn? No. How about the one caught in adultery? Did Jesus condemn? Am I saying go and commit adultery? Jesus never condemned. God always corrects but doesn't condemn. But I'm telling you, on that day, those who are without Jesus, in fact, not that day, outside Jesus, condemnation is just hanging on your head. That's why you have to come to Christ and believe in Him. Praise God. So Jesus is just the very stamp of who God is. Can God become angry? But Jesus became angry. So yes. Yeah. Anger is not sin. In fact, the Bible even commanded us to be angry. It's in the Bible. The Bible says, be angry. It's a command. It's imperative. <laughs> but it continues. And sin not. God is wise. So if the sin not had not come, <laughs> what people would have done? And he says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. He didn't say anger. Because when you allow the anger to go and go and go and go, it degenerates into wrath. Because, you see, when God is angry, his, angry, his anger is against injustice. But for us, our anger can be very selfish. 
like Jesus entered the temple he made trips okay, Jesus is a strong man all these priests who are selling all these guys he just whipped all of them over through their tables he's a strong man <laughs> just give him give him give him the man was a carpenter uh, the word carpenter is poly poorly translated yeah is the word for a highly sophisticated architect it, one who deals with buildings who handles highly sophisticated buildings all right praise god so you could see jesus the man was strong he has dealt with a lot of tools <laughs> and just scraped him he was angry true or false yeah but it was against injustice why he threw those who were exchanging money because you see when you bring your money to the temple there was the common sanctuary the, the common shekel and a shekel after the sanctuary so the temple coins were different from the ordinary temples that were used in the, in, in the town so when you bring the ordinary coins you have to exchange them to the shekel after the sanctuary and in exchanging them you know what they were doing they were defrauding them and he was angry yeah that's the right way to be angry so it shows you the things God is angry with then he went to those who were selling the doves you know why in those days doves were not sold when he went to give the bent offering if you were wealthy in a society you offer the bull middle income you offer the lamb if you were the poorest you offer turtle dove so the doves were all around the little children in, in, in Jerusalem they were just catching them you don't need to sell them you just catch them it's just sent to the temple God made room for even the poorest to offer your burnt offering but the priest you know what they did they gathered their own doves so when you come they will tell you that the dove you're bringing is blemished <laughs> then they will you know then they will sell it to you so it was injustice against the poor to Jesus came in overthrew all the temple all the hard to call it just after that the Bible says that blind and the lame came and he healed them can you be angry at one time and turn and heal the sick no he said man of God take over these people they've just they just annoyed me <laughs> I must go and pray and just spend some time with the Lord because sometimes when you are even angry for the right cause it starts right but there's a mixture that's why after you go home, you go like, ah, did I go too far? You ask your wife, ah, honey, did I talk too much? No, you knew, why are you asking? You talk too much. <laughs> you know, because, uh, so sometimes we, though we are, we take the right approach, we go a little further. But Jesus, oh, my God. <laughs> after that, the blind and the lame king just healed him. Just healed him. So, brethren, that is the image of God his decisions his choices his emotions his oh my that's a very stamp of who God is so he has revealed God he has revealed God do you want to know God read the Gospels and, and meditate on Jesus his life his word Jesus just, just meditate on him And the more you meditate on him, the more you are also transformed. 
and even the way you feel about others changes now you only when you you you, you desire the best to happen to others no matter what they have done to you glory to god hallelujah the image of the invisible god the image the image the image the image please do understand the very stamp of who god is Hallelujah. The firstborn of every creature. It continues. The firstborn of every creature. He is the firstborn of every creature. The firstborn of every creature. Jesus is the firstborn of every creature. Now, when we say firstborn of that, this verse, let, let me show you something. When you see the word creature, it doesn't mean Jesus is a creature. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, this verse has confused so many people. In church history. There was a guy who rose up by name Arius. Arianism believed Jesus was a creature. That Jesus was created. But when the Bible says he's the firstborn of every creature, no, 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 that's not the meaning. Jesus was not created. He was not made, but he was begotten. Now you need to understand, he, Jesus is not a creature. He's the creator. If a Nigerian creator, you understand? so he was not made he was not begotten he was not created he was not made but he was begotten so you know that jesus was not born in the flesh we are born in the flesh jesus was never born in the flesh the bible says he came in the flesh he came in the flesh he was not created he was not made he was begotten he came in the flesh he was not born in the flesh we are born in the flesh and when he came he remained he remained who he was but he assumed what he was not he remained god but assumed the human nature wherefore when he cometh into the world he says in sacrifice and in burnt offerings thou wouldest not but a body has thou prepared me now in Hebrews 10 verse 5, a body has not prepared me. So there was a body and he came into the body. A body has not prepared me. He is speaking. A body has not prepared me. So he came into that body. So that his body can become the fulfillment of all the Levitical sacrifices. And the vehicle for divine service. A body was prepared him. So he came into it. Because he pre-existed. Hallelujah. So let not the word creature disturb you. How about the word firstborn? Because some people believe that. Now, the word firstborn has, is gen generic in its use. In the Old Testament, it common uses. You have many children and the first one must be the firstborn. Is that not so? Uh -huh. That's the general use of the word firstborn. The first one is the firstborn, of course. But that's not what is here. The firstborn, it's it has a specific usage the word firstborn is actually a title it's actually a title for instance you remember 
what God said to David God said to David I will make him my firstborn can you imagine I will make him my firstborn the highest of the kings of the earth Psalm 89 verse 37 I will make him my firstborn the King James says that I will make him my firstborn higher than the kings of the earth that, that's what King James said but the Hebrew even when you read YLT I'll make him my firstborn the highest of the kings of the earth the highest of the kings of the earth I'll make him my firstborn the highest of the kings of the earth so you know what it means among all the kings he has the priority now the the term firstborn actually means the highest position of priority is the word prototokos prototokos it sounds like protocol right the highest position of priority it actually means the highest position possible the highest position possible so now god says david now was david the first king no it was Saul. it was Saul. now he's speaking about kingship he says i'll make him my firstborn the highest of the kings of the earth i said king james says higher but why if you have yLT that's the literal the highest of the kings of the earth the highest of the kings of the earth because the word i'll make him my firstborn firstborn is in it's used in opposition with the highest of the kings of the world the word highest is in opposition so actually the word firstborn is the word highest so let me explain among all the kings of israel have you ever read matthew chapter one where we have the genealogy of generations so we have 14 fathers that are mentioned then we have 14 kings then we have 14 civilians so we read Matthew chapter 1 the Bible says to 14 14 14 14 fathers 14 kings 14 civilians now among the 14 kings a lot of kings are mentioned Isa, Jehoshaphat and all of them none of them is called king when it came to David the Bible says and David the king but all the 14 kings none was addressed king but with David David the king amazing why because he is God's firstborn among the kings <laughs> he's God's firstborn among the kings and he has a throne that even Christ the Messiah comes to sit on his throne you understand so so among the kings he's the first it doesn't mean he was the first king but he's a, he has the highest position of priority now the ancient rabbis now if you study the ancient rabbis in history they call Yahweh you know how they call Yahweh they call Yahweh the firstborn of the world so that's the name the ancient rabbis give to God give to Jehovah they called him the firstborn of the world now does that mean God was born no, that was not, that's, God wasn't born <laughs> So the word actually means two things priority and sovereignty now the word firstborn is a title implying two things priority and sovereignty priority and sovereignty priority and sovereignty priority speaks of time and rank <laughs> time and rank he is before either first or before and rank the highest and sovereignty is supremacy so when the bible says that 
Christ, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. That means that among creation, among creation, he has the priority and the supremacy. In fact, the word firstborn can be misleading. When you read from other versions, the firstborn doesn't even come. The, who is the image of the invisible God? Supreme over all creation. That's some versions. Supreme over all creation. Uh-huh. Or has a supremacy over all creation. So that's what it means. So, brethren, among all creation, Jesus, you know what he is? Ah, he has a sovereign, you know, sovereignty. Ah, he can do whatever he wants to do, and no one can ask him. He's answerable to none, dependent on none. <laughs> That's Jesus. No more shakatala Now, have you seen the colon? Now we are going to explain what it means. Verse 16 and 17 is an, an, an explanation what verse 15 is. Now let's go back to verse 15. Now it's an explanation. He says, who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Then, colon, the next verse. For is the word haughty in the Greek. Because. Haughty is not for. It's the word because. So, he is the firstborn of every creature. Because. So, verse 16 is explaining why Jesus is the firstborn of every creature. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just pray for just one minute? Come and love us, Shatara Mama Shondori Bebe Katara Bashandara Bata Mama Mama Mashakata. Just glorify Him. Just glorify Him. The one who is the image of the invisible God. He is the supreme ruler. Is the panto creator he holds the sway of the universe the supreme ruler rock neck zosh ing dak 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 zosh thank you jesus let's thank him that god is manifested on the earth we now know who god is we know his love we know his heart we know his passion we know his will we know his desire god is manifested in the air the invisible god is now made visible jesus is the exegesis of god not like jesus not like jesus he is the firstborn the firstborn the highest position of priority the highest position possible he is overall the overall god blessed forever the overall god blessed forever the overall god blessed forever jesus jesus the 
the one whom we have believed, the one in whom we trust. Jesus. Mama, 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 shut that, shut that, shut that, the love of your soul. Shut that, shut that, 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 so shut that, son. Sick, 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 We behold him, we behold him, his glories and his wonders and his beauties and his magnificence and splendor. Ak, tek, sick, sick, mak, so shik, tek, lek, lek, so shik, dat, rak, dat, son. Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's his name. Shit like that, zem, zam, zum, shak, that, zig, zam, shab, lab, lak, that, zuk, shata. Wally, eng, zedon, mak, das, nimi, zek, peg, zush. Thank you, Jesus. Man like you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can you please be seated? Thank you. So he's explaining verse 5. Verse 16, 4 is the word haughty, which is the word because. So he's explaining verse 15. Why? He's the image and the firstborn of every creature. So he says, because, because. By him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now look at it carefully. Now, for by him, now the word by here is the word in, en in the Greek. It's not by, it's in. En is not by, it's in. It's the word en. So, in him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on earth. And look at the last part. All things were created by him. It's not by. It's the word dia, D-I-A. It's the word through. Is the word through so all things were created created through him and for him is the word eyes eis is the word unto him so let me summarize it so i'm saying that this verse is explaining the previous verse the word for is haughty which means because so because the reason he has the sovereignty of all because in him now so when you summarize it now all things were created in him through him and unto him hallelujah that's jesus all things were created in him through him oh my 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 and unto him uh, hallelujah i like it in romans 11 36 that says that for of him through him and to him are all things hallelujah all right what does it mean that the Bible says that for in him i think you can see the asv version let's see what the asv version will say because they are very close to the greek if i have the asv version here that's it that's it Look at the ASV. For in him were all things created, in heavens and upon the earth, things visible and things invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things have been created. Oh, nice. Have been created through him and unto him. Hallelujah. All right. Now, what does it mean for all things? Now, look at Jesus. This Jesus, who is the lover of your soul, who is your bridegroom, this Jesus, don't belittle him. Don't think he's a little man this Jesus that sit by your side above all he lives in you hmm, what a mystery there's another complex mystery the Bible says this Jesus for in him were all things created what does it mean in him two things location and sphere location and sphere in him were all things created 
he's a location for creation <laughs> do you understand don't say yes in him were all things created <laughs> yeah the location my it's like he's the lab he's the lab for the creation of the universe <laughs> like he's the womb for reproduction he's the place <laughs> that's jesus remember there was nothing like space so some people think that before time there was space no there was nothing like space <laughs> there was no space there was nothing like that <laughs> so even the very realm for creation is him <laughs> 